Hi, Smarties. We love doing on-air coaching calls. And if you listen to the end of this episode, you'll hear Steph say exactly why they're so much fun for us. Today, we welcome Jenny Crandall to the podcast. She is a lovely mom of four kids in Idaho. Jenny shares with all of us the story of her 12-year-old son, Carson, who struggles with written expression. We were wildly impressed with Jenny's ingenuity, flexibility, and responsiveness to the needs of her son, and we can't wait for you to hear her episode. We love doing on-air coaching calls, as we've said, and if you are interested in joining us for a free on-air coaching call, please email us. That's what Jenny did, and we love getting to connect with all of you in this way. So email us at rachelandstaffatlearnsmarterpodcast.com. Obviously, you can DM us on Instagram. That'll work too, or hit us up on Facebook. That'll work also. So Please connect with us if you're interested in finding out more about that. Now, on to Jenny Crandall, and let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 55 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're welcoming Jenny Crandall for an on-air coaching call with us. Hi, Jenny. Hi. Welcome. We're so excited to have you here, Jenny. Yeah, thanks for letting me come on and take up your time. Of course. (laughs) We just encountered some technical difficulties, but we we all (laughs) practiced some like cognitive flexibility with it, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. We made it here. And it happens with every on-air coaching call and every time we have a guest on the podcast. So if you're thinking about joining us on the podcast, you can always reach out to us the way that Jenny did. Um, And then anticipate that there will be about a half hour of tech issues, but we, we always get there. We always get there. So awesome. So Jenny, tell us a little bit about you and how you found the podcast. Well, I live in North Idaho. I'm a mom of four kids and my oldest is Carson and he is 12 years old. And then my youngest is four and a half and I've got three boys and a girl. Wow. And um, my husband's an estate planning attorney up here in North Idaho. He was born and raised up here. So that's where we ended up. And it's so awesome up here. If you ever get a chance, come on up and visit us. What is there to do, Jenny? <laughs> in North Idaho. Well, in the wintertime, it depends on the season, obviously. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but wintertime, it's um, all about skiing and snow sports. Usually we get a ton of snow and the winters can be really long. So you got to find something that's, you know, sledding skiing, snowboarding, something like that. That's really going to make the time pass <laughs> during yeah. winters because it can be pretty long. And summertime is when you want to be here. It's just awesome. We've got tons of lakes around here. So boating, tubing, skiing, wakeboarding, wake surfing, super fun. There's tons of beautiful hikes to go on, fishing, anything outdoors is just awesome here in the summer. This is so diametrically opposed to my upbringing. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> You're listing all these like really fun sounding activities. I don't ever think I've been in falling snow. Oh, really? I've never. (laughs) (laughs) I have when I was little. Your parents parents took you skiing, right, Steph? No. No. Very opposed to skiing. She said never. (laughs) She did the splits once and she said never again. And that was before I was born. (laughs) Okay. So I never... There's some places not far, but my grandparents had a cabin in Big Bear and I was there when it was snowing. I've but... never been to Big Bear and it's like driving distance from LA. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We grew up in the concrete jungle. Mm-hmm. I'm very much a beach person. We're beach mm-hmm. people. Yeah. I love the beach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I actually grew up on a farm, so not a concrete jungle. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this is actually a pretty, I mean, it's not a big city, but it's, it's big enough for me. <laughs> Did you grow up with like animals and stuff? No, my dad was a potato farmer in Southern Idaho. Oh, amazing. I read Little House on the Prairie when I was a kid. And so like, that's what I'm envisioning. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, That's probably as close as it's going to get. Yeah. Amazing. The the book, I've talked about this book on the podcast before, but have you read Educated? Uh Uh-uh. No. Oh, so Educated, I think, takes place in Idaho. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily um, a flattering 
take on Idaho, but right. it's it's because this family is so chaotic. But that's mm-hmm. a fantastic read, mm-hmm. and they talk all about it yeah, it's a great book. Anyway. So what brought you to the podcast? My son was having issues. He started sixth grade back in, you know, September, started sixth grade and he really struggled and we just did some testing with him and come to find out he had some like learning disorders. And so we ended up taking him out of that middle school and have been homeschooling him since then. And just the more we have found out about how he learns, the more we've come to find that there's just little things we can do to help him mm-hmm. to kind of help with his weaknesses. And we took him to a pediatric neurologist and he diagnosed him with a written expression disorder. And so just doing some more research online with that, we came across educational therapy and found you guys and then heard all about your podcast. And I've been listening to a few of your episodes and stuff. And so I reached out to you guys and you guys invited me on the podcast and I'm like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna talk about Carson. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording this in April. So he's been homeschooled since November. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a few months. Okay. Sixth grade was the year that he was starting middle school, right? Right. Uh That's when we get a lot of calls is during that transition also. Mm -hmm. And that's when we see a lot of this stuff really like rise to the surface. What kind of student was he in elementary school? Well, that's the thing is, I think his teachers were just trying to will him to get through elementary school. You know, he wasn't obviously not the bottom of his class. Like he wasn't special needs or a tutor or anything. And he wasn't super smart where he needed advanced learning classes. Mm -hmm. He was just really right down the middle. Didn't make a big fuss about things. Wasn't failing, wasn't excelling. But the teachers would just kind of whenever I would meet with them for parent teacher conferences, they'd be like, I think he's going to get it. You know, he, mm. I think the light bulb is going to click. And I don't know, it seemed like they were just willing him to make it through. And I didn't know any different. I'm like, okay, so great. You know, he's, he's going to be okay. That's kind of just what I always felt. Let, you know, leaving the conferences with them is that he's not failing, but he'll catch up or he'll end up being okay. So yeah, just when he got to middle school, that kind of was when it all came to fruition, mm-hmm. like where the teacher was like, he, he's not making the cut. You know, he learned survival skills in elementary school to get him by. Yes. But, you know, when he really needs to perform, he couldn't get that output to work for him, if that makes sense. But. It absolutely makes sense to both of us. Go ahead, Steph. Totally. Yeah. And not his fault. Not his fault. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of teachers, when there's something that's undiagnosed or they don't know about it and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Oh, he'll get there eventually. He'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. It's true sometimes. It, sometimes it is. But meanwhile, sometimes the class is making adv- – the gap is getting bigger, right? And it uh-huh. usually comes to fruition, as you said, in middle school mm-hmm. because they just changed the way expectations – They're not all like pushing them to achieve. Yeah. It's like either you're going to do it or not at this point. Yep. I remember in fourth grade, I went into the classroom and she had, you know, multiplication – groups mm-hmm. up on the board and whoever got that multiplication, like all the sevens or all the eights or whatever, then they would move up in rank kind of. Mm-hmm. And he was behind, but he wasn't last. But the majority of the other students were already on to nine tens. Well, of course, tens mm-hmm. so are easy, but eight, yeah. nines and twelves above him. So I remember being a little bit disappointed, like, oh, well, I feel like we're working on him at home, but he can't really do it at school, I guess. By the way, when teachers do ranking systems like that for math facts, mm-hmm. it literally makes me cringe on the inside. <laughs> for sure, me too. I was that student who it was not mm-hmm. it was not my strength to like automatically recall. Right. Mm-hmm. And the stress of it, that's mm-hmm. really the first time I think I ever experienced academic stress was with math facts in particular, because I had a girl sitting next to me and she would just like fluidly do all of it. And now, oh, you're not mm-hmm. done, Rachel, like that kind of thing. So it it makes me cringe on the inside. But talk to us a little bit about what actually took place from when he started school in August, September to November when you made the decision to withdraw him and homeschool him for the rest of the year. Okay. I first have to clarify that this middle school is a college prep middle school. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really intense. It's high demanding. Okay. 
it was either this public middle school that's just down the street from our house or this college prep middle school. Mm-hmm. And ever since I realized that those were the two only two options for Carson, I was stressed about it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I hadn't heard good things about this public school. And then, you know, this really high demand school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't feel like either one of those are going to fit Carson. Okay. So um, he had some other friends that were going to the charter school, the college prep school. And so I'm like, well, if he has some good friends that might be able to help him along, let's go that route. Mm-hmm. And I just know those families and felt comfortable like he was friends with them and would, I don't know, I guess right. <laughs> take him under their wing. Yeah. So let's give Charter uh, a try. And so he got in and <laughs> I guess I should even back up a little bit before that. In fifth grade for the second parent-teacher conference, his teacher wasn't available to meet. And so she kept, you know, sending me emails. We need to talk on the phone. Let's get together. Let's talk about Carson. And so it wasn't until May where we actually were able to touch base. And she calls me and she says, Carson cannot go to charter. And I was like, well, it's kind of already a done deal. He's already registered. We've already got him in his uniforms. You know, we've already said that we're going to go. And she said, well, he's reading at a fourth grade level. His math is at a fourth grade level and they almost skip a grade when they go to charter. So it's not just sixth grade. It's more like seventh Mm -hmm. grade reading level and math. And I'm like, well, it's now May (laughs) and I can't, I can't do anything about that now. Like the year's over. And so I'm like, well, you know, we'll get him a tutor over the summer, which we did. And it didn't end up being like super helpful for him. So we just kind of like threw him into charter and crossed our fingers Mm -hmm. So the first two weeks were brutal for him. He was obviously failing all of his classes. He had two teachers and we talked to them and they were all like, wait, Carson's a great kid. You know, he responds to us. He's very respectful. We can see that he's working hard, but I think it's just the shock of being thrown into that kind of environment. And he's like, we see this a lot. Give him some more time. We think he'll pull through. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, his teachers are on his side. You've heard that story before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and give it a shot. So we gave it some more time and it kind of got a little bit better. It was very hit or miss. Some weeks he would get like 90s on his math quizzes and the next week he'd get like a 30. Hmm. It was very inconsistent. So we were just keeping in contact with his teachers and then parent-teacher conferences came around and his teacher, Carson's there with us. And she sat down and said, at this point, Carson hasn't improved as much as what we would have liked or expected. So we're not going to be able to recommend him to seventh grade. This is in one month? This is in November. Would have been wow. November. Okay. Wow. wow. I sat there like, what a terrible way <laughs> to start off a parent-teacher conference. And your kid is there. Yeah, in front of him. And so I just was like, this isn't going to work. I feel like his teacher had written him off at that point. Like she didn't want to mess with a child that needed extra attention. And obviously it wasn't a good fit for Carson either because he was spending a good two to three hours a day on homework. And he would be just working and working and working, but still coming home with failing grades. And Mm. so... It just got to be too much for him. And he was staying up at night, not sleeping and upset. And we just decided, you know what? Let's just homeschool for the rest of the year and basically take it one month at a time. Mm -hmm. Good for you. (laughs) Good for you. I I mean, (laughs) honestly, the red flags were there and you listened to your gut. Yes. And that is going to pay off exponentially for the future for him. And I think it already has just working with him, being able to first identify his weaknesses Mm -hmm. and being able to pinpoint and work through those Mm one-on-one. He is just skyrocketed. I've been Mm -hmm. so impressed with his progression so far. Yeah. Just homeschooling him. I don't really keep track of grades, Mm -hmm. obviously, but with math, we're working with a math program that keeps track of the grades and has its own grade book. When he first started it, he was getting, you know, 40s, 50s, 60%s. Now he's getting 90s and 100s consistently. That's great. Yeah, we had to backtrack a little bit because that was another interesting thing is seeing like he could do long division, Mm -hmm. but he couldn't do multiplying double and triple digits Mm -hmm. together. He could do one way, but not the other. Yeah. Right. It was just weird. I'm like, there's some major gaps here. So anyway, we just had to backtrack a little bit, but he, he has caught up and he's doing awesome. So definitely the right choice. (laughs) That's amazing. I want to validate that you guys have been through a lot. Mm -hmm. Here's what I love about the story and what I'm going to take away from this story Mm -hmm. 
is the fact that along the way you were aware of who your kid was mm-hmm. and you backed him up all the way through. Not every parent would respond in that way. Some parents would turn to the kid and say, you're not doing enough. Right. But here you were saying he was trying. Well, and that's how it was in elementary school is they would say, well, if he would just focus or if he would just put in a little bit more effort or what they would say was he can focus when he wants to. Mm -hmm. That's what I kept hearing from his teachers. And I'm like, I know. I mean, he's like that at home Mm -hmm. when he's motivated to do it, he'll do it. But at the same time, if he hadn't have gone to charter and I didn't see how hard he could work. I probably would have been the same way hmm. like in elementary school. Cause I was like, okay, the teacher is the teacher. They know how to teach, let them do their job type mentality. But when he went to charter and I saw like, man, this kid is working his butt off and it's still not like, what is happening? There's not a huge converted. disconnect here. Mm-hmm. Then I realized, okay, well, you know what? <laughs> I respect this kid. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he, he deserves, he just deserves more than what he's being given. So And then it kind of humbled him in a way that he was receptive to me being his teacher, you know? Other parents need to hear that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's almost like you found like a ground zero. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You had a jumping off point Mm -hmm. going from there. And one of the things that Rachel and I talk about too is that the kids that are the hardest to work with with educational therapy are the ones that aren't receptive. The rigid Mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. And they aren't aware. And they just, some of them just like to power through and just say that they know it all and they can do it all. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that's Carson, but in a similar fashion, he could see that he was putting in all this effort and you were validating him and it wasn't enough. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And yeah, we had to start at ground zero because in elementary school, I was kind of getting from his teachers that he was unmotivated or lazy. And I was reinforced by the attitude at home. Mm -hmm. But then when I saw that he wasn't unmotivated and he wasn't lazy, then my respect for him increased. And then he had more respect for me for helping him out and being on his side. And so it really jump-started our homeschooling. It also sounds like you guys have a lovely relationship. Not every sixth grader would be open to this. (laughs) Well, it's funny because growing up, we really didn't. We Mm. would butt heads a lot. And this has really brought us a lot closer. This has totally changed our relationship. So what a blessing. I know it is. It really is. And to be able to pull him out and do some of the remediation yourself, Mm -hmm. I applaud you Mm -hmm. um, because it's very hard. Mm hmm. But to get him to a point where now we're in April and you mentioned to us before we went on air that he's planning on going back to a public school next year, Mm -hmm. that is great. I think some parents feel like if they make the choice to pull their child and to homeschool them, that it's going to be forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And nothing has to be for forever. And that's what gave me the guts to do it in the first place is I'm like, we can just figure, you know, finish out sixth grade. That's it. Like we can just take it month by month. You know, if I have to, I can put them into the public school that's down the street that I wasn't crazy about to begin Mm -hmm. with, but just realizing and doing the mental work to be like, I have options here, Yes, which is more than what I grew up with. I had one middle school, one elementary school, one Mm -hmm. high school to go to. So living up here where there are multiple options is fantastic. So. So talk to us a little bit about what has worked from pulling him out in November until Mm -hmm. now we're in April. And you said that you've seen a ton of progress. Let's learn from you for a second. What are some of the things that you've done that you've seen a big result from? A lot of it is not necessarily lowering expectations, but taking that pressure off him and myself. Mm -hmm. Even when I first started, I was like, okay, we have to have a full like six hour day of school. No, mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking to other homeschool moms, sometimes we do school at seven o'clock at night, you know? And and so just taking the pressure off, like I have to be home for six hours. I have to give him my one-on-one attention. I have to work with him. Once I kind of took that pressure off myself and him and kind of let him do his own learning, he's really taken off with it. Kind of let him like with the math, the teaching textbooks math that we're working with, he does it himself. He wakes up and he just being responsible for himself. He knows that's his routine. He gets up and he does it. And he just 
learns it himself. And if he has a question, he asks me, but most of the time I have to go back and relearn it with him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think just putting a lot more of the responsibility on him has been a relief and almost freeing to him. I got on Pinterest and I was doing some different research on just worksheets and textbooks and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I found, have you guys heard of teachers pay teachers? Yes. 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 I found some really great materials on that website that really helped him. And I just kind of went through like all the sixth grade materials and I forget what exactly I Googled or what I searched for, but it was like, correct the paragraph because mm-hmm. I was having him write paragraphs on certain topics. Is it an informational narrative, mm-hmm. different types of paragraphs? Um, mm-hmm. So, and then I was just noticing like his writing wasn't formal. Like it was really, you know, no capitalizations, no punctuation. So then just got on teachers, pay teachers and found some things where he could correct Mm -hmm. and he could find the mistakes so that he could figure out where the mistakes lie and how he can fix them. And I don't know, just a bunch of just individual things on that website that I've just been, you know, using better nouns instead of putting door put an entrance. Yes. Elevate it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Elevating his language. And so I've just been narrowing down his weaknesses and finding ways to help strengthen them. I am loving the fact that you're doing educational therapy at home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's funny because I listen to a few of your podcasts and I I get overloaded because I'm like, oh, I could do that. I could do that. There's so much information. I'm like, and at this point, I am so overloaded with information. Yes. I'm like, I I can't, I don't know where to go at this point. So let's point mm-hmm. you in the right direction. Like, yeah. Okay. Because that's one of the things Steph and I are very aware on our episodes, especially ones that are like lists of things you could potentially do mm-hmm. to support that a parent in your situation hearing all that is going to get overwhelmed, which right. is why we're like, pick the one that mm-hmm. makes the most sense. Cause we're not trying 15 different things simultaneously with the student mm-hmm. ever. So we're always doing one strategy at a time and kind of going through things with this particular, like you're breaking down his writing and you're going mm-hmm. to individual, like pay attention to this in this paragraph, pay attention to this on this worksheet. You want to start putting all of it together for okay. him. So there's a website that I love that has interesting paragraphs that students can like go and pick like the subject that sounds interesting to them. And there's 10 mistakes in those paragraphs and they okay. have to correct all of them. And you want to make it clear that you're going to do multiple readings of this. So he doesn't have to do all the things simultaneously. Eventually he'll get there. Yeah, that's a big thing for him is he just wants to read it once and be done. Yeah, so one of the things that Rachel and I have talked about is we do something, we call it COPS, mm-hmm. and basically we read through for capitalization, then we read oh, it out okay. loud, then we read it again for punctuation, read it again for spelling. Okay. But I think that if you go into it with... Expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the checklist of like, this is how many times you're going to read it, and... Keep in mind, it doesn't have to be all in one sitting. Okay. It could be that if that's too much for him right now, that you do it over the course of a day or two days or whatever it is that he needs. You meet him there. Okay. Because it's going to be very hard to go from, I only want to read it once and catch everything, to Mm -hmm. now we're asking you to read it several times. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think that'll be good. The other option that you could do is you, first of all, I Googled it because it wasn't in my bookmarks for some reason. So what you want to Google is everyday edits. It's from Education World. And you can go and there's like, it's it's categorized by month, but I, I've never really understood why. But you can just go in and pick a bunch. Another way of doing this, rather than doing one paragraph at a time, mm-hmm. let's say you're going to do five paragraphs over the course of the week and you print them all out on Monday. And maybe on Monday... Just read for capitalization on these five paragraphs and you can break it down that way. So he doesn't have to Mm -hmm. complete the task in one day. Mm -hmm. And then maybe next week do fewer paragraphs and do two tasks that he has Mm -hmm. to do and Mm -hmm. like kind of build up his muscle that way, because that's how we do it. A lot of the time students expect because it's how they're taught that writing is supposed to be like this all of a sudden it's supposed to come out of you and Mm -hmm. all the things are supposed to be beautiful and perfect. 
And then it's done. And then yeah. it's done. And then we don't touch mm-hmm. it again. And we all know that it's got to be multiple exposures to mm-hmm. it. But this is just really specific. What we're talking about is like the third or fourth step of the writing process, which is when he produces his own writing, he should then mm-hmm. be using this mnemonic also to self-edit himself. Okay. You're building that step of the writing process, which would have already required him to write something. So he's going to be good on his editing skills when he gets to that point in the writing process. How does he do when he has to respond to something in written form? What's his whole process for that? Like reading for comprehension type thing? Or what do you mean exactly? We can talk about reading for comprehension, but I'm interested in when he has to write a paragraph. Like when he has to create something. There's a blank page in front of him and he has to create something. What are some of the things that you've done with him to help him get started? I found on Teachers Pay Teachers this I Love Paragraph Writing booklet. And it's been awesome for him because he would just get super overwhelmed. I actually sent him to go with my brother-in-law. He was an optometrist that lived up here. He just moved. But um, so I sent Carson to do a day at the office with him uh-huh. to kind of get in a, uh-huh. anyway, to get him out of the house and see what it's like to work in, you know, optometry. Uh-huh. And so I came home and told Carson, okay, let's write a page on what your experience was. And he was so overwhelmed. He just couldn't. He was upset and just frazzled and over, yeah, just completely overwhelmed. And so I said, okay, we'll sit here. I'll t- type it for you. Great. You mm-hmm. tell me what to say. And he was like, I don't know. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll start at the beginning of the day. What did you do when you walked in the door? And he was like, well, I told him I was Carson and I had to go to the back. I said, okay. And typed it out. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, what did you do next? And then he's like, well, we worked with a patient. And just as I was like pulling the information out of him, he would start to like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, and then we did this. And then we went that, you know? And so then I said, okay, well, this part is at the end of the day. So let's hold off and put that at the end of the paper and just kind of helped him kind of organize it that way. And then at the end I said, okay, so now I want you to think, is this an occupation you could do in the future? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think this is something you'd want to do? And, you know, he just said, no. I'm like, (laughs) okay, well, explain to me why. And he's like, well, I just don't know if I want to work with eyes or something. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, why not? You know, it's just kind of, I really have to like pull things out of him. Prompt it. And so I found this packet of um, writing and these are great like topics in here. I I sound like I'm selling. No, it's okay. (laughs) Selling for them. But it's like, it's topics that he's going to be interested in. Like the best pet was the first one. And it's like, Mm -hmm. in your opinion, which animal makes the best pet? Write Mm -hmm. a paragraph explaining why your choice was the best one. And he loves animals. And so it has like check boxes on here, brainstorm, organize first draft, edit, revise final draft. And, you know, in each one of the sections, it breaks it down. Yep. And so it says, you know, the first one is brainstorm, you know, write down all of it. Don't worry about punctuation or spelling. Just write down all your ideas. And then, you know, next section. I have an idea. Okay. And this is something that you can do kind of across the board um, okay. with reading comprehension as well. Before he goes and he has an experience that you know you're going to want him to write about, Mm -hmm. let's come up with five to seven questions that he's going to answer. Before he even leaves, let's get some questions out there. So while he's there, he's like looking for that information. I know know I'm going to respond to that question. And it also eliminates the blank page anxiety that kids get. Mm -hmm. It's like we've already created something. And it's kind of like he knows when he goes to a doctor's office, like kind of what the experience is going to be. Like he has prior experience with that, right? So Mm -hmm. he can come up with kind of predictive questions that will help him kind of like start thinking about it while he's there. Okay. That's a great idea. I think that's great. I think the other thing that I would add is when you're asking like a chronological, tell me about Mm -hmm. everything about this day, it is Uh such a broad Mm -hmm. topic that especially without some sort of organizer, like if you said like pick one thing that happened before lunch and then pick, you know, one thing Uh that happened after lunch so that you don't necessarily need him to go through the entire day. Uh Uh-huh. But if he had some sort of graph or something where he could put it, you know, a story map of this is the story of my day, pick just, you know, three things total that happened, and then he could create a paragraph from there 
that might also help because believe it or not, like going step by step throughout a day is very difficult for a lot of yes. kids. Okay. Uh-huh. I think there's that. Or I think there's also if he's going to go on an experience, I think what Rachel said is great. But also, I think sometimes getting a little bit working on opinion writing, Mm -hmm. you know, doing a persuasive on why, you know, coming up with a question of would you want to go do that again one day, like if you had the opportunity or you can come up with questions. He can write more than one essay or paper or paragraph about this day if you're taking it from different points of view. Okay. So like, what do you think that the patients thought when they saw a kid? Oh, okay. You know, just things like that. So that it's just helping him think a little bit broader about It's like getting specific and then getting broad. Right. Exactly. Rather than like, this is just what happened throughout the day. Because Mm -hmm. like I said, that's very hard for a lot of kids. Okay. This is something you might want to also consider when he's reading. Okay. 100%. We've talked about this in our episodes on reading comprehension, which Mm -hmm. we don't know the episode number, but I know Steph is (laughs) making a note of that right now, that we will link those episodes in the show notes also. Um, We've done too many episodes now to know. Yeah. Oh, buddy. (laughs) So when he is reading... It's pretty reasonable to expect that he's going to be asked to write about it at some point. Mm-hmm. This is overwhelming to kids who struggle with writing. Mm-hmm. And if there's any sort of reading weakness, this is like the perfect storm for what ends up happening with a lot of our kids, which is the meltdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what I read. I don't know what I read. I, I don't know how I feel about this. So what we yeah. want to do is start that process way before they've even been asked to respond to it. Okay. And so for some kids, that means every three pages, they write kind of a summary of what happened or what's the character you connected with or was there a conflict? And some kids need it every three or four pages. Some kids need it every two pages. Some kids are totally good at the end of every chapter. Okay. Um, but you want to start creating, you know, these kind of like opinions and responses to it while they're reading it. Okay. It also helps you follow along to see if they understand. Like you can monitor their mm-hmm. reading comprehension as well. Um, yeah. And they can monitor their own reading comprehension because sometimes kids don't realize. Like they're, right. they're mm-hmm. decoding it, but they don't, they're not taking in the story. That's exactly Carson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, meaning like he can read the words, but he doesn't understand how they fit all together. It's harder to combine those two. You Mm want to have him respond periodically at a interval that you know is appropriate for him. Okay. It's a little bit of extra work for the reader. It can be after you've read this amount of pages, come and dictate your thoughts into the computer. But have specific questions that he can respond to and make them consistent. Maybe you're working on character development for one book. So every time he comes to the computer, he's going to answer the same question about the same character. Like you can start really small like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and you can do the the who, what, where, when, why questions for it, um, which I do a lot with kids. Like at the end of a chapter when I know that Mm -hmm. they can handle that, it gets gradually harder to becoming summaries and predictions and main ideas. But like Rachel said, with the character development, it might be, what is one thing you learned about the character? What did the character do? How would you have responded in that situation? Mm -hmm. Does the character remind you of anyone? (laughs) Did you learn anything new? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's like so So many things. All the questions about the character. Yeah, and it's just over and over and over again. It becomes very predictable, even though he might be, I already answered this question. But, you know, do it again because there's differences between the last time you did it and this time because you've read more of the story. And then that kind of becomes the baseline for what they're going to write about. So this is a really good way of when he's in school next year of partnering with your teachers. Okay. You want to know what he's going to be asked to respond to so you can prepare along the way with him mm-hmm. if the teacher knows oftentimes they do know what the prompt is that he's going to be asked to respond to let's get that in advance 
Okay. So he can kind of do it along the way and it's less over. Look at all this work you've already done. Right. Like it's less overwhelming. And if you can't for some reason get that, I think using graphic organizers and using post-its to write things in about the story as you go. And remember, it doesn't need to be complete sentences. A lot of kids will look at it and go, oh, I don't want to write that because I don't want to write a complete sentence. It's okay. Like, let's just do the brain dump of let's just answer the questions quickly. And as long as you know what you meant, I'm totally fine with it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know Rachel would be, too. Then you have those ideas and then you can form sentences with them. Okay. So it's just the building block for him. We want to make it so he's like doing little deposits along the way so that when he's asked to do a major withdrawal, he has the deposit. Yeah. (laughs) He has money. Yeah. That makes sense. And, you know, it might be at the end of every chapter, you could ask him to come up with a question and he might not necessarily have to answer it, but this is making him think a little bit bigger and broader. I really am a big fan of helping students learn how to think like a teacher. Yeah. And so if I said to the kids, if you were the teacher, what would you want your students to write about? And if I prefaced it with, you don't have to actually answer it, they might actually think and be really thoughtful about it. I think so too. Like, I think he would respond really well to that. (laughs) Yeah. And then some of them actually have done it and some of them actually want to write it out. So they can get to that point. That's why Steph has taught me to do this with certain clients too, like have them write a test. Like, pretend you're the teacher and write the test that you would give the class for this whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. They get really into it. And, and we've talked about this before, especially because what might be a really fun project is if you were reading a book side by side with him and discussing it and talking about the characters and all of that, and he came up with a little prompt that you wrote a little paragraph oh, about. Love that. <laughs> and uh, they love that. And they could write – and I know Rachel's done this too where – he could write a little paragraph and you guys can talk about how your guys' paragraphs are the same or different or things like that. And that's a little bit of like peer yeah. review stuff uh-huh. type things. It's a little but it's competition like a too. good – Yeah, right. Which is good. Yeah. The one thing I want to add, we're adding something into kind of his reading, right, by asking uh-huh. him to respond. I'm really okay with you removing the decoding piece for him as a okay. result. Mm-hmm. So instead of him sitting like with a book and having to figure out what all the words are and like, cause that can be burdensome enough for some students. Let's mm-hmm. get him an audiobook that reads it mm-hmm. to him. So that's the benefit. Okay. Yeah. That's what his, the neurologist said too. Mm-hmm. Like he's got fine motor problems. So writing is not awesome mm-hmm. for him and he really hates texture of paper. Yeah. So he's like, give the kid a keyboard yeah <laughs> like don't yes. even don't even worry yeah. about bad handwriting yeah. like just we give them a keyboard and... absolutely agree and there's some apps that you can take a picture of like a worksheet and they can type it oh in. okay cool stuff hmm. what is the name of that app so some of the kids mm-hmm. use notability oh, i think i've heard you mention that before mm-hmm. and then there's another one called can you do it in evernote I think you can do it maybe in Evernote. Let's start with Notability because we both know for sure you can okay. in that one. Yeah, I think I had that written down but never got around to actually looking into it. I just want to remove something. If we're going to ask more of him, I want to – in one way that's going to be more meaningful, I want to remove something for him. Mm-hmm. It's not the skill and drill of let's make him write over and over again so he's a better writer. Like if that is something that he is just born with, let's help him – figure out how to use it to an advantage that he can really, it's not something that's detracting from his ability to Mm -hmm. think bigger Mm -hmm. and write in a more, you know, mature way. And all of the things that we want him to Mm -hmm. be able to do as he gets older, as soon as we remove some of the things that are the stop gaps, it's amazing what they can do. Yeah. I actually just finished reading this book called The Myth of Laziness. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm. It's super old. Well, it's like 16 years old. And my mother-in-law, she was cleaning out her house and she said, hey, you might want to check out this book. And I read it. I'm like, this is so Carson. It's like he just has a hard time output. Like he's constantly input, input. He He's such an auditory learner too. Like I would have him read this, you know, biography 
for history. And I said, okay, so what do you think of John Locke? What, mm-hmm. What's your opinion on him? Or like, why was he important? Why do we need to know about him? And he would be like, who? I'm like, you just spent mm-hmm. 15 minutes reading mm-hmm. and he had no idea. So then reading this book, I'm like, he just is an auditory learner. So mm-hmm. I need to read it either to him or he needs to read it with me. Or get the audiobook. Right, exactly. Audiobook. And then yeah, this myth of laziness book has been like so eye-opening. Like he, yeah, they get passed off as being lazy or unmotivated, but no, they just can't can't make either their hands. They talk work about it or all the time. Their mouth work or yeah, it's been really It's multiple things they all have to do at once, and that's fair. There's actually this really great Chrome extension that will read a I just found it really recently and I I will figure out what the name is, but what it's supposed to do is it'll read a web page or something oh, that you awesome. pull up and it'll read oh, it for you. Fantastic. I haven't actually used it yet, but I plan on using it. Very okay. We need to be taking advantage of technology and we need to be targeting him in a really, really specific way. And every time we're asking something more, it's always going to feel like a stretch. So when we can remove something, which is why we're a big fan of the audiobooks. Okay. The other thing I want to say is that by middle school, a lot of students have moved beyond the who, what, where, when, why responses. Right. But you got to start there because he has to be able to do that first. Okay. The next level Mm -hmm. is predicting, inferencing, making connections between texts. At the beginning of middle school, there's a lot of summary, and then it it goes away okay. from summary. Themes. Into making, yeah, themes and making connections and opinions and those sorts of things. But you have to, like Rachel said, you have to start with mm-hmm. the concrete what is going on before you can get into the higher order thinking of things. The baseline is, can you prove that it's true or not in the story? It's very obvious if it's true or false in the story. That's like the baseline. Mm-hmm. The next level up is, well, I could be persuaded. I could see how the student would respond in this way. Okay. That's where it gets tricky for kids because it goes from being really concrete to being not. And, well, what's the right answer? I don't know. With responding to writing, oftentimes there isn't a right answer. That also makes it exciting because – for lack of a better way of thinking about it, you can kind of manipulate things to your own benefit a little bit more. Yeah, he's going to hate that. Yeah. Because <laughs> he just wants a yes or no, or he wants a wrong and a right answer. So you tell him ahead of time. You warn him. You warn him. There's no right answer. There's no right answer. And however you respond, as long as you defend yourself, and you can use examples with his like siblings, I'm sure – you are managing sibling relationships. Oh, yeah. And Referee sometimes, all the time. yes. And sometimes there are really, <laughs> like, it's very obvious who's wrong. And sometimes and they're, they're both kind of wrong. They're both kind of right. And so you can start using those, like, real life moments, you know, in all your mm-hmm. spare time, right? <laughs> to mm-hmm. highlight the fact that, like, as you get into adulthood, it's, there's almost never 100%. Black and white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Give him permission. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's Uh uncomfortable. And he may never be completely comfortable with it because I'm not. (laughs) So Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it might be one of those things if there's a a, you're playing referee and there's a fight, you have both of the kids tell you how it would Mm -hmm. feel if they were the other person. Okay. And you can work that in in real time and it doesn't have to be a big, long paragraph. It could be a sentence. It's just taking them out of feeling the concreteness of right or wrong or yes or no, or, you know, it's just making them think a little Mm -hmm. bit more globally. And, you know, you want them to understand how their, their actions affect other people. So this is a good opportunity for that too. Oh, that's going to be fun. Oh yeah. Building (laughs) empathy with your little people. But it it builds empathy in the writing, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's not going to be easy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yep. That fighting has gotten out of control, so that that, Well, you don't have to referee every fight. (laughs) (laughs) Pick your battles. Yeah. What other questions can we answer for you? 
I don't know. He's all of a sudden just really discovered reading. Like in the last week, all of a sudden he's reading all the time, which is awesome. And it's, we've been waiting for that to happen. So I was going to ask it about reading comprehension, but I think he's, what is he reading? Can I ask? I just bought him some of those. What are they called? The origami Yoda, Star Wars origami. <laughs> is he making re- something with his hands? Is it actually uh-huh, origami? Yeah. He hates origami because he struggles with fine motor skills. He's got low muscle tone uh-huh. in his hands. So that's another thing we're working on. But um, he hates the origami, but I make him do it. Um, but yeah, he just ate those books up. Like he's been really struggling with reading. Like I said, he was at a fourth grade reading level. And so, yeah, I found these books like they were highly rated. I don't remember. I think it was probably on Pinterest that I found this list of books and these ones were on Amazon. So I grabbed them. Okay. And he I have just an idea. devoured them. I have an idea. Yeah. Two things okay. I want him doing for reading comprehension. Okay. I want him reading comics. Yeah. He loved Die Every Wimpy Kid. My fourth grader brought those home and they both loved them. I'm talking okay. like comics from the newspaper that don't have a lot of language that that require you okay. to do a lot of the like what's happening. Oh, okay. And graphic novels. Graphic novels, okay. I like the idea of making this super visual for him and it's mm-hmm. forcing him to monitor the story in a little bit of a different way. It doesn't always okay. have to be all language on the page. And we can work on okay. reading comprehension mm-hmm. when he's watching TV too. Okay. Comprehension is comprehension. So if you guys are working on, let's go back to the example of character. If you're working on character, well, in like a sitcom, there's three acts. Like we all know a sitcom arc of a, of a character, right? So there's, mm-hmm. you follow one character. What happened before the first commercial? Okay, now what happened after the second commercial? And you just, but these can be organic conversations. It doesn't need to be stop everything, go right. It can, it can be an organic (laughs) moment or, and by the way, when we're saying he should be responding to these things, we're fine Uh with him talking into your phone. We're fine with him talking into the computer. He does not have to sit down with a pen and pencil. Okay. As long as he's producing something. I tell kids that a lot, like use the notes on your phone, talk into your phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then after that point, or after he's dictated to my phone, does he need to go back and correct his mistakes or not just leave it? I would say it would depend because I don't think that if it's something that is a little bit of a struggle to get to begin yes. with, okay. I would just leave it. If it's something where it was really easy for him and you can add the stretch of going in to correct it, okay, go for it. But you don't want to turn him off, turn off that love of the stories and the discussion of it. So it could be that you guys just have a family discussion and that's it. And that's all you really need to do right this second. And he doesn't need to necessarily write about it because you've talked about it and it's in there. He just needs to consciously bring it to the surface. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you will build the writing part. Yeah, that has worried me about his writing because it is so surface level. And in elementary school, his teacher would, I remember in sex, second grade, they brought me the paper like, why did Johnny choose that whatever? Mm-hmm. And he, because he did. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but why? Why Why do you think, mm-hmm. what was he feeling? I don't know. He just did, you know? So that's that has been a concern for me. So that's why I'm like constantly like feeling like I have to pull the questions out of him. And, you know, it, once you start going with just having the uh-huh. conversations, if he's, it starts to flow, you could, the next time you do it, you could just type what he's saying. If you're a fast enough typer, which I think most uh-huh. of us are at this point, that you could probably grab most of what he's saying without him even realizing that he's dictating it to you as a okay. writing piece. Like, this is just a conversation okay. piece. And so that's sort of relieving the pressure and helping him understand how he needs to think uh-huh. a little bit differently in order to get okay. those ideas out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Using graphic organizers can be really helpful for this too. We love them. You okay. can select which graphic organizer he's going to use for whatever prior to him even starting the reading or prior to even start it, like let him watch a TV show, but 
your the skill you're working on is the graphic organizer, which allows you to kind of remove yourself yeah. a little bit. He's not allowed to just respond and say, well, that's because that's what happened. He needs the 5% challenge of like, when you think you're done writing, I want you to ask yourself why. And then he can do a little bit more each time. Yeah, he can write okay. another sentence or two or have one more idea or two. But I think the big theme for him is tackle things small mm-hmm. and organically mm-hmm. and don't yeah. add on a supplementary skill, even if you're working on it. Like you're working on editing, doesn't necessarily need to do the editing when he's talking into the phone because he's working on it. It's not the point for that. Like be very okay. clear about why he's doing something and and when he's ready, you can add in like doing two things at once. But that's why writing is so hard is because yeah. we're doing all the things at the same time. He doesn't have to. Okay. Yeah. And I would even dare say I would put the everyday edits or the writing away for a little minute and work on this a little bit more because you can learn that skill and it's a little bit easier in the long run than like if you don't have any ideas to begin with that's harder oh yeah okay that makes sense focus on the generating ideas okay is he into video games oh yeah Mm -hmm. so i've talked about this series that i'm reading with one of my students in particular and there are five books and i would even say it's you know fourth grade level which if he's reading a book on his own we always say it's okay. And if you're reading a book as a family or you can read to him, read something that's age appropriate, not reading okay. level appropriate. But this book series, there's five books. It's called Trapped in a Video Game. Mm-hmm. And the kids love it. I actually bought that after the last <laughs> podcast I heard. I went out and bought it. Yep. And I said, hey, I think you'd really like this book. And he he doesn't, he didn't. He it. might. He yeah. didn't want to. You didn't want anything to do with it. So it's just sitting on his bookshelf. I'm hoping it'll eventually make it. But you know what? You know, I started out with this kid and I start out with paragraph by paragraph. They'll read a paragraph. I'll read a paragraph. Then it goes into page by page. Then it can go into chapter by chapter so that once he's into it, what has happened is a couple chapters in, they usually get really into it and they want to read it. It's very hard to pick up a book that, yeah, your mom says you're going to like it, but Mm -hmm. it's reading and I don't want to do it. Exactly. But once you're invested in the story, that might give him a little bit of oomph to do it. I think that's a good point, Steph, too, that starting things that we didn't self-select can be very difficult. So we think it's okay to say, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to read two chapters of this, three chapters of this together. Like I know it was the policy in one of my families that we we try everything twice. We give everything two chances. This is our family structure. So you can just dictate a rule. We try everything two times. So we're going to try it. Okay. I have yet to find a kid that doesn't like that book. <laughs> Steph's very invested in him trying. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, he's so into video games. I don't see why he wouldn't, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. We'll go ahead and do that. Yeah, sure. Give it a go. So Jenny, we wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast and being so vulnerable. It means a lot. (laughs) It does. No, it, it, like we got a lot of feedback about these episodes and listeners and our smarties really relate Uh to it. And so we just appreciate it when someone's willing to come on and do it with us. Yeah. And I, I love doing it because I love thinking about the strategies for you and what that you can implement and just piggybacking, you know, Rachel and I do a lot of piggybacking on each other about ideas, but to do it in real time with somebody is fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we know yeah. you were like taking notes and everything, but That's you'll true. listen yeah. to this episode again when it comes out and you'll like, Oh, yes. We, you'll hear more things and you can always go back. Don't do all <laughs> Just the things pick one thing and yeah. start there. One thing at a time. That's the great thing about homeschooling, too. I never thought I'd be saying that, but, you know, I was never uh, gung-ho about homeschooling at all. But being here and being in the situation, right. it's right. like it's so nice to be able to be flexible in that way and to really meet my kids' needs and yes. see the progress in that way. But I think it's amazing. Thanks so much for doing that. I think what you're doing is great and it's definitely needed out in the world. So I think you guys are definitely benefiting a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
That was an amazing episode. It really was. I really enjoyed getting to talk to Jenny. And afterwards, she invited us to come stay at her house, guys. <laughs> How cute is she? She's so cute. I love her. I'm like, this, that would be a very different vacation for us. <laughs> Do we sound so like city fun. snobs? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I don't mean I to. I love doing that kind of stuff. You do. You go to grown-up camp and you get to do a bunch of that stuff. But Steph, what were some of your big takeaways from Jenny? I think my biggest takeaway to start with is, number one, she's doing this herself. I think that it's so amazing that she saw that her child needed help and that his current situation wasn't working for him. And she pulled him out. Quickly. And she pulled him out quickly, and she just took it one day at a time, one step at a time, and the plan is for him to go back. And I do know that a lot of parents feel like, "Uh uh-oh, if I pull my kid, like, oh, let's just give it a little bit more time and see if it'll work out. And sometimes it will and sometimes it won't. But the fact that she said, let me do something about this right now, and he's in a – it sounds like he's in a much healthier place Just with his ability to feel good about himself and, you know, the fact that he wants to get up every day and do his math and all of those things, we'd be having a completely different conversation if he'd been there until now. If she kept him in school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? I was amazed that she was, like, pouring through her research with us. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm glad we were able to like guide her in the direction of setting small goals and having each activity that she's doing with him be really mindful towards the big picture. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to worry about editing when you're worried about coming up with ideas. Yep. Like dismiss that concern. That's huge, number one. And that maybe that we gave her the okay, like the, yeah, it's okay to do this. Because this is the much more important skill to be working on at the moment. So I love that she was super flexible too with us because you guys, just like we always say, we try one thing and don't try all the things, but we try one thing to see if there's gains. And if there are, we continue on the path because those little things, they start to add up, just like you said with the bank yeah. analogy. Yeah, that it's about being intentional. With every little thing that you're doing. And that's why, for me, that moment in the episode in our on-air coaching with her that really struck out to me was when she asked, like, does he have to edit it when he talks into the phone? And I think sometimes parents just need permission to not worry about everything simultaneously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you can't do everything simultaneously. It's just – it's not going to be – successful mm-hmm. or fun for anybody no. and like you and I always say we don't want to lose a love of learning can I ask you a question about these on-air coaching calls that I've never asked yeah when we are doing this can you predict what I'm going to say sometimes okay because if you're like adding on to something that I'm saying I won't have necessarily have thought of that like the piggybacking that we do, uh-huh. I don't necessarily think to like extend it in this way. But when you start, I'm like, oh, I know where she's going. <laughs> I was curious. I do usually get there before you usually say it, mm. like flat out. Sometimes it'll take me a little bit longer. Sometimes I know before you even say the first word what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because I've heard you say it before and we sort of think similarly in that regard. Right. But yeah, it's funny that you asked that. I was just curious as it was happening to me during the episode. It's like I said in um, our anniversary episode that I'll listen back and I will like say in my own brain what I'm thinking. And then that's what I said. (laughs) So like I'm wondering if we have this parallel experience going. Sometimes I definitely do. Yes. Well, Smarties, first of all, if you're curious about other on-air coaching calls that we've done, I'm stating it right now that we're going to throw those into the show notes as well. Steph's making a note. Yeah. And so go back and be sure to listen to those. We don't play favorites with our episodes, but we no, do love these. <laughs> but they were fun. They're some of the most fun. They're they're really fun for us. I mean, we talked with Jenny before I think we got on air that it's wild to us that we're talking to people in other states. And I don't know. It's just kind of bananas. So if you are in another state, 
reach out to us because we want to know where you guys are living. And also don't forget, we tell you to not do all the things with your kids, but do all the things when it comes to the podcast. So (laughs) follow us on Instagram, join the Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast Facebook group. Reach out to us. Reach out to us. Join our email list on www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. Do all the things, you guys. (laughs) Share with a friend, post to social media, all the things. All the things. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it was my birthday this last weekend, so I'm thinking that would be the perfect birthday present. Oh, that's nice. A bunch of you guys go sign up as a birthday present for me. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Smarties. Have a great week. Have a great week.